Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, August 23, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, I'll tell you what, this is going to be one of those videos where you're going to want to pay attention. I'm going to give you both sides of the tape. The market is teetering right now. It's either going to snap, meaning the rubber band is stretched, or it's going to snap back. It's an on-time type of situation, but we have an on-time type of situation conflicting on different time frames. It's a very interesting setup the market presents right now. In addition, you're going to want to have your sticky notes out because we've got an Irene number on the board. I'm going to give it to you today, and what's going to happen is if they crack the Irene number and stay below it for more than a bread box, for example, a weekly close below the Irene number, the floodgates are going to get activated. So let's review exactly where we are, what I've got on the board, and we'll go from there. So right now on the daily chart, they've come into an important area. They've come back to run a test of the former breakout area. Now there's no area meaning price to the penny that constitutes they can't get below the breakout area, all that stuff. It's a zone. They can spend a day or two or so down there, but they've got to snap back. Otherwise, it's not a running a test of the breakout area scenario. Otherwise, it's going to morph into a failure type of situation. They finally filled the gap today the gap's down here, they hit it, it came up short yesterday, and that had me a little suspect as to whether they were going to flush it through, quote-unquote. They still may, but they haven't just yet. And again, we're in an on-time type of situation, but it's more than just an on-time type of situation. The market has to make a turn. If she doesn't make a turn, she's going to release some energy in the southern direction, period, full stop. Remember. We've got the geniuses out at Jackson Hole this week for a meeting. Jerome Powell will give a speech on Friday. Is he going to disappoint the market or is he going to support the market, quote unquote? What he says has meaning to the masses. What I can tell you is if the market is below Irene at the time he makes his speech and she starts to fall, look out below. It's not going to matter what he says. The market will interpret it as negative if they've given up Irene. Where is Irene? It's not that far away. 41020. It's not the exact number. It's pretty close. However, the exact number is slightly higher. If they close below 41020, not just for one day, but if they close day after day, and then on a Friday close, a weekly close, Irene gets activated running a test to the, let's say, 100 period moving average down around 407 and a half and reversing back in the northern direction, that's okay as long as she doesn't close below Irene. So net-net, here's the deal. Either she snaps back pretty rapidly, like immediately, starting tomorrow, or the magnets are going to start pulling price downward to Irene, and if she gets below... It's, you know what, good night, Irene. Now, if we're in a good night, Irene scenario, what are we talking about? 
Are we talking about down to 400, 395, something like that? Or are we talking about the next leg lower? As far as I'm concerned, it begins the next leg lower. It could be a man your battle stations type of situation. Let's look at the flip side. What's the number that takes Irene, at least from a temporary perspective, off the table? When do we not need to talk about Irene any longer if price gets above 417 and a quarter and stays above? They'll start working on the gap above, above 420, and the rescue operation will be running at full force. That's basically the net-net in terms of the S&P. It was a very narrow-ranging day for the most part. A little bit of a spike early in the day, and then they basically stayed in a very narrow range for the majority of the day. Talking about narrow ranges, and talking about the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, could today be a sign or signal of a trend change? Could it be a full-stack situation on the daily chart? And the answer is it can. The problem is, from the bull's perspective, you've got a weekly chart that was in an on-time type of situation already and has started downward. So where does that leave us from the big picture perspective? It's pretty simple once again. Either the weekly chart's going to do one of these and it's going to start coming down and how far and all that stuff, we'll worry about that if she gives up Irene. Or the flip side is the weekly chart had a little bit of a shimmy down. They'll hold the last breakup low in the sequence and they'll have another push higher through and above that 50 period moving average that is still elusive. This is where we are. The market is teetering and she's going to show the hand sooner than later. That's my take. about inside the numbers? And you know when it's a very narrow ranging day, there's not a lot of activity inside the numbers. When the market is quiet, they take a lot of the opportunity away from day traders. So what we'll do is we'll run through the commentary, I'll point out a few important things, we'll scroll up, give you an opportunity to read the notes, we're an open book system here, then we'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. It was turnaround Tuesday, and at zero dark 30, they were bouncing a little, however, not really good enough to be considered a wounded feline or dead cat bounce. Let's start with the obvious. Yesterday's big down day came up just short of the gap, which really began at 4.12.20 down to 4.11.25 neighborhood. You'll see 4.11.50 coming up later in the notes. So when they do that, I can't help but wonder, are they hanging around above a specific number or an important area because the intention is to bust through or are they just playing the normal garden variety trick trap fool and frustrate games? So that's why I say it's a bit curious to say the least. Are they eating time off the clock to go lower? And for today, we were prepared for wide swings in both directions. We didn't get it, but with an expansion of volatility, you have to expect those things to follow. If they started getting below the gap, we had some lower numbers on the board. We didn't need those, so we don't have to worry about it. And then on the flip around situation and rescue operation, if they were going to do that, they'll have to recapture 415 for starters. We think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. It's a five-minute SPY chart. And you can see the horizontal line running across the screen 
is in fact at 415, they tried to make an attempt or they tried to get over it and they couldn't do it. They ran a test and they were summarily rejected at 415. 415 was important at zero dark 30 and it remained important once the market opened. Let's move along, see what else we have. And by the way, service announcement. There's going to be no inside the numbers on Friday of this week. The live room will be open, however, I will be away from the screens. And now we're moving along. Early on today, about 8.45, one of those inside my head things. So they can play games in the early going. However, today needs to be a bounce day, in my humble opinion, if the rally is going to continue. Well, now we've extended that to tomorrow. They didn't really decline. They just didn't do anything today. So they're hovering. They're running out of time. Closing poorly today would look like the bears are taking over. And I was thinking about the Irene number at the time. Again, we're moving along. One of the members cited a mistake I made early on today. They actually did the thing where they fill the gap, the thieves in the night, in terms of the futures contract, but they still needed to do it during the regular session. So we put that on the board. Early on, I was looking to buy 411.50. They never got to 411.50, and they bounced away. So that took that off the table. And they never really hit anything today. They just fluttered around other than finding resistance slash overhead resistance at 415, nothing happened. They went up one time, found the overhead resistance, and then they came back down. And they just went sideways all day long. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. I gave you the summary. There's a lot of detail in here. Check the numbers. As the market moves around, see if the numbers are, in fact, support and or resistance when cited. If you're active in the markets during the trading day, this is certainly a beneficial piece of information for you. What we ended up having on our hands was the quote-unquote summer doldrum type of day. We had three potentials on the board in terms of stocks on the move today. One was Twitter, SE, and Zoom. We'll take a look at the charts of Twitter and Zoom. Limited activity across the board today. Even Twitter came up short of the first number, 41.07. The low in the first candle of the day was 41.13, and they had a nice rocket ride away from it that would have produced a fantastic trade. However, they didn't do it in the manner in which they came back later and then went lower. And you could see even here, goes to show you that the numbers work, because you could see the back test over here, rather than busting through and going higher, they ran a test from underneath 4107 and then fell away for the rest of the day. Twitter was a no trade. But here you can tell early in the morning, the numbers work, they just didn't hit the number, they missed by a few pennies. Zoom, similar situation, just a little different. They actually opened below 8456, was the opening print. My number was just short of 85. Then they popped up and they did the deal, but in the manner in which is what we're interested in, what I'm interested in, some traders hop on these anyway, but it's not in the method which I teach. You could see they came into the second number, came up short, did it late in the day. That's a no trade anyway, late in the day as they creep into it. So there was just limited activity, both from an SPY and a stocks on the move perspective today. It is what it is. We take what Mrs. Market provides in the form of opportunity each day. You can't force stuff because when you force stuff, 
it's a recipe to lose the majority of the time. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Actually finished positive today, but the SPY was down one quarter of 1%. This thing was up just a few pennies. So we're not gonna make a federal case out of that. All the markets are pretty much in the same category. But Irene happens to be a little bit farther away in the IWM than it is currently in the S&P 500. Same on-time day type of situation for Camp IWM participants. Same routine in terms of how the rescue operation begins. They have to get above that 20-period moving average, get above yesterday's high, 192.35, to open the door to come fill the gap, and then the rescue operation can be underway if that's going to take place. They have to get going, just like the S&P 500. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So this is interesting. So they're up about 95 points today, more than one half of 1%. And remember, the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Even though it was only a few pennies, there was green on the screen. And then we have my second favorite market leading indicator in terms of the transports. And there was more green on the screen. And they are my A number one canary in the coal mine. However, same routine. All the same market, have to get above yesterday's high in order to get the rescue operation started. Other than that, no dice. How about the Q people? There's your Irene number, 306.15. Start closing daily below there and then weekly below there. Again, Irene comes to town. XLF, in a slightly different position than many of the other markets, they're giving up or in the process of giving up the convergence of these moving averages and what's below is a gap to be filled down here around 33, well, let's get the exact number, 84, 3384. It's not that far away. However, the lower they go, the more they can fall. If the other markets are falling, the XLF is not going to stop at that gap. However, if it's just a quick rundown to the gap and reversal, that's a different story. However, below these moving averages and there's problem in the financial world. How about Smash Mouth? So this is also interesting. So Smash Mouth is up, which is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. If the semiconductor space is melting down, you're going to raise a red flag and say, hey, look, the tech space is going to fall following the semis falling. That's generally the way it works. They can be a leading indicator of the tech space as a whole. And then, oh, by the way, that can be a leading indicator of the market, by the way. But today, the semis were up, which is a typically good indicator of the tech space. Doesn't have to work out that way every day, but when it is, we have to put it on the board. It's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. I don't really have an Irene number for the semis. There's too many numbers down there and they're a little bit far away. What I can tell you is start closing below 224 and things get a little bit shaky in semi-land. Net-net, rather quiet day, market is teetering, they're going to make a move, and it's going to happen sooner than later. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible, and that is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.